0: Discussing the news that matters. Light Breakfast, front page.
1: On front page with me this morning, Hafiz Marzuki from Astro Awani and Rajan Moses, former Reuters foreign correspondent and ex-Business Times editor. Good morning, gentlemen.
0: Good morning. Good morning, guys.
1: Okay, well, the finance ministry's allocation procedure for the Tunku Abdurrahman University College continues to draw public concern. In fact, MCA president at the, uh, Dr. Wee Siong is not happy with the finance ministry. What is the actual correct procedure to allocate? funds for Dungu Abdul Rahman University College?
2: Well, um, if you ask me, there's no really uh, correct way to actually uh, allocate. You either allocate it or you don't. So in this uh, controversy, what we see here is basically uh, two points of view. And at Esra Awani, we actually had the chance to interview both sides, uh, Finance Minister Lim Guan Eng as well as uh, Representative from MCA, Datuk uh, Chong Sin Woon, who is the Uh, MCA gen. So uh, the way I see it Is there's there's two sides here uh, Because the government Is looking at it From the point of Political parties Should not have any uh, Ties to education uh, Institution Mm -hmm. While uh, MCA is going I mean it's their baby uh, if you want to give it, why why set a prerequisite? So the way I see it, right now there's an impasse and they one of them have to relent because the crux of the issue is actually uh, you have to make sure that the students are well taken care of and right. they have to relent, one of them.
1: Okay, well, you know, in this case, um, the funds allocated are to help the needy students get a tertiary education. But it, I mean, I would say this is a good thing. Why is Dr. Wee nitpicking?
0: Okay, let's look at it uh, from the perspective of a Political football. This is what it has become, basically. Uh, the DAP versus MCA in a proxy war here, over 30 million allocation here. Uh, there's no right way or wrong way, but um, you know that the MCA has been uh, looking after this baby for okay. since 69 uh, till mm-hmm. 2018. Now, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they, they, they believe that it's something that they've nurtured over a period of time, uh, and that uh, it's their, almost like their right to, you know, have the allocation. But the DAP, you know, led by Lim Guan uh, they are trying to... Play hard ball and say, Look, you know, uh, the money is for everybody, and at the end of the day, uh, this is public funds, and you know, it cannot be the preview of one particular institution otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's taking a new look at the whole issue uh, from the traditional viewpoint in the past.
1: But the money is still getting there, isn't it? I mean, the money is there, yeah, and it's going I think to be students are, It's about at some who point. is about who's
0: yeah. giving the money, who is going to uh, Okay, ah, that that is, that's, that's that where is right the, the matter.
1: Prime Minister Tun Dr. Mahdi Muhammad's latest comment on the ringgit has raised questions on whether a stronger ringgit is on the cards. Uh, economists, however, think uh, that uh, ringgit appreciation may not be a good idea at a time when uh, Malaysia's economic growth is slowing down and fund outflows are high. So why would strengthening the ringgit affect Malaysia adversely at this time in layman's terms. imagine uh, uh, layman's
0: simple it's just that when you have outflow from here that means there's selling of a uh, uh, ringgit. And it means that, you know, the uh, the, the, the ringgit, you know, uh, tends to be, the value, you know, becomes harder. And therefore, it'll become diffi- difficult control the, the way, you know, uh, the ringgit uh, trend is going to be. But my argument is that we think that why do we want to even tamper forces with that are already down there around us? Why do we want to monitor and control the ringgit? That is, I think, the more important, I think. I think here. the problem here is probably there is a, the the weak it and something
2: has to be done mm-hmm. because otherwise the economy is going to, is going to suffer. So uh, I think Dr Mahade has a point, but the economist also has a point. Yeah. So I think what the government has to do right now is to ensure that Malaysia's economy is not severely hurt by whatever measures they take. And I'm no economist, but whoever that is, the expert have to ensure that we are not badly hurt by this
1: now if we can't strengthen the ringgit then how can we improve our standard of living
0: that's another matter different from ringgit uh, strength i think A standard of living you know it's about uh, wages the kind of wages the kind of food bill we have yeah. our household debt and these kind of things, and you know, if you look at it, there's also middlemen, you know, who are raising the uh, cost of living around. So there are various factors. You can't just uh, pin it uh, to one or two uh, factors. I think this is a standard of living thing. It's not just pegged to the ringgit and the way it is. It's more about our lifestyle. It's about our how we control our outflows, our exports. So it's a it's a very comprehensive thing you know to to just to say that it's uh, standard of living you know needs to be uh, uh, looked at a bit difficult we need it comprehensive solutions totally agree with that
1: all right. And uh, the One Rakyat passed the Employees' Provident Fund Amendment Bill 2019, which allows the voluntary transfer of a husband's EPF contributions into the account of his wife or wives. And the amendment is also aimed at updating provisions to prevent employers who do not pay contributions from leaving the country without a court order. Now, this is fine for smaller companies, but for bigger corporations, who gets the travel ban?
0: let's look at the landscape first, you know. There are many, many corporations, many individuals in the other other level have been really, uh, I don't know how to put it, but uh, who are unable to make the contributions for employees from the small corporations to even the big ones. Yes. And what happens is that the Poor employee is left, uh, you know, with uh, recourse that, you know, uh, a lot of hassle and all that. So, I think uh, we have to really tighten up on this matter. Mm -hmm. I think this is a very emotive issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it is uh, playing with people's lives and livelihood. It's a step in the
2: right direction. But uh, what is the bigger issue here is to ensure that the people are actually aware of their rights, I mean, if if your employers are not contributing to your EPF account, you should just you know go on and just lodge a report and reducing the amount of uh, bureaucratic mess that. An employee has to go through yes. just to lodge a report. So, so I think this is a step yeah. in the right direction. But I think the bigger thing is to make sure that the employees are actually aware of, mm. of, of this.
1: Well, coming back yeah. to my original question, though, I mean, for bigger companies who have, I guess, CEOs and, you know, a whole, well, I want to say cabinet, but a whole, <laughs> whole department of you know, big bosses who does get the travel ban. I mean, do you know?
0: Uh, it seems like the biggest secret we've ever heard <laughs> before about uh-huh. who's the liability party. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact remains that uh, have we ever really seen this in the newspaper about no. big CEOs or yeah. you know controllers? Finance? No, so. I think there are loopholes being uh, exploited uh, by people. And this is where I think the EPF has to explain who actually has the... uh, Who's holding the buck. buck.
1: What was the previous punitive measures for employers who do not pay into the EPF contribution? Do you know what... Uh, I
0: think they give you until 15 days of your last drawn salary Mm -hmm. for the first deduction to be made. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you don't do that, you're already being in contempt so to speak Uh, and some guys do for weeks and months you know that they don't make these payments and adjust it later i think maybe the onus is on epf as well in their enforcement Uh, because we don't know much about this Mm -hmm. this is a behind the scene kind of thing so we don't know and when we don't know we think it doesn't exist i think it comes back to the awareness
2: part you know Uh, EPF can only do so much because they have like like hundreds and thousands of workers. Uh, and so I think the employees uh, have to be aware of this and make sure that their rights. Ranks- are not being trampled with by the uh, employers.
1: All right. And uh, PKR Deputy President Dato Sri Azmin Ali appears to have mended ties with Party President Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim following a Special Party Political Bureau meeting just recently. Um, and you could see all the lovely photos in Facebook and Instagram postings. Even uh, Dato Sri Anwar has posted some yeah, friendly yeah. pictures. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of drama in fighting in the last two years. How can one meeting after even the fiasco go up the parallel congress solve everything
2: I think that's the magic of it right uh, yes. like one meeting and you can solve everything but I think well look at it this way uh, Asmin is very pragmatic he knows he could not uh, go against the president at this point in time and there's, there's no use fighting with the president on, on, on things like this and it is certainly not going to carry any favours not just with the members of PKR, even the electorate will be mad at him if he were to switch parties or anything right now. I think I think they're just being pragmatic. Whether it's just for show, only time can tell, I think.
1: Your thoughts, Rajan?
0: I quite agree with you. This is a patch-up uh, meant to, you know, keep the party uh, in a proper footing for now. But there's a lot more still water below this. <laughs> and until the uh, intrigue between Anwar and Azmin uh, is completely uh, uh, cleared. Uh, we're going to have this, this kind of tension around there. And this is really sad, you know, because um, this is the party, you know, that uh, has been going on faithfully in the reformacy, a la fam- famacy, uh going on. And so to come to this kind of a state where uh, the number one and number two are having problems, it it's really you know uh, unprecedented but i think uh, An- anwar has averted uh, problems by allowing uh, azmin you know to continue the one and... Uh, youth uh, Meetings That helps uh, To diffuse The situation But we must Find out What really Is behind Their minds I think I think What's behind Their minds Is basically Who's taking up The premiership <laughs> <laughs> And I
2: think uh, It's not going To get solved Until one person Is called to the Istana Negara To be sworn in As the
1: 8pm
0: mm. Yeah I think At the end of the day uh, There has to be A bitter uh, Consequence all
1: I think right. Well we all Wait and watch UMNO must come up With a new deal which, among others, must see a change to its agenda to be more inclusive, says Datuk Sri Muhammad Hassan otherwise known as Tokmat. The AMNO Deputy President said the party should undergo a serious radical alignment in its approach to regain the people's support. And I, I agree this is a good step towards a better political system, but what needs to be done to ensure that all of us Malaysians get the best from this quote-unquote new deal? Your thoughts, Hafiz?
2: I think it comes back to actually, actually Tokmat should have been talking about this since the past eight. Eighteen months, Amno needs to rebrand and needs to change their direction. But but if I can speak metaphorically here, uh, let's say the political parties are offering uh, products to be sold, and 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 we the people have to buy it. For this uh, case, let's say Amno is selling biryani. There's some problem with the recipe before, and we're not talking about just reducing cardamoms or certain spices. You have to change the whole recipe. You have to get a new supplier, mm-hmm. and and as long as talking about a new deal without actually making sure that it is reflected in the party, I'm not sure whether people want to buy that. So I think it is important for AMNO as a party to ensure that all the bad apples are removed first,
1: Right.
0: and then they talk about actually reforming the party.
1: Well, your thoughts, right? Yeah, I think
0: uh, the current AMNO leadership. He's uh, neither here nor there because there are differences of opinion. There's all kind of, you know, uh, conflicts and camps and uh, bad publicity, you know. AMNO is still going through, you know, the transitional phases. It will really take a while before they can settle down, I think. And this is reflective from what... um, Tukma has said, you can see that they would love to have this kind of settled uh, situation, you know, but uh, it cannot be because there's so much uh, at stake uh, that once the leadership is sort of agreed and uh, approved only then can you start talking you can have nice mm, words but that's right. about where it's going well, to be
1: th- speaking of nice words i mean uh, i think his um, you know what he's proposing sounds good on paper but i don't believe that every UMNO member would agree to this
2: i think they believe that that the reason for that it is fueled by their string of by election victories mm-hmm. and they seem to f- i mean the feel good factor is with them but they have to realize that the malaysian electorate have rejected them in g14 and i mean they should be aware that a by election and the general election are two totally different uh, ballgame so to speak
1: Alright, well yes. gentlemen it's been wonderful having you both here this morning on Front Page Thank, thank, you, thank you very you sure. much That was Hafiz Marzuki, reporter at Astro Awani and Rajan Moses former Reuters foreign correspondent and ex-Business Times editor on the Front Page